Hello and welcome to this week's Ruby Shoes podcast, bringing you the very best of local entertainment across East Anglia each week. In this week's episode, we've got two shows to review, a chat with Laura Locke, founder of Whamfest, and I also catch up with the daughter of the late, great Chaz Hodges, that's Kate Garner. Then I take a look at a couple of shows coming up across the region you might like to check out. But first, I was invited last week to review Kiss of the Spider Woman, which opened last Tuesday. It was directed by Helen Clark of the Gallery Players, and it was such a brilliant original play. Those of us fortunate enough to see it last week were so privileged, as that particular play is no longer available. You might remember I had a chat with one of the uh, performers, Dean Wales, a couple of weeks ago and he was explaining that they had to get special permission to perform it from the writer which was Emmanuel Puig's estate. Now Kiss of the Spider Woman was so powerful and moving. All set in a prison cell, it starred Dean, Dean Wales and also Ben Matham. They played two very different men thrown together in this prison cell having to find a way each day to coexist in this really tiny space. There was a great plot twist just before the interval and the bond between the two characters, literally it was tangible. Well done to both Dean and Ben and indeed everyone at Gallery Players who worked so hard to get that play an airing that it deserved. The New Wolsey Theatre. They played host to The Invincibles last week. That was based on a true story which celebrates the epic success of the women's football game. Now I went along to see it I didn't actually know the true story. It's all about the Dagenham Invincibles. They were the greatest women's football team of World War One, heralded as the unbeaten women's champions of the country. But in 1919, the factory girls had to hang up their boots and their triumphs faded into obscurity, all because men came back from the war and the FA decided women should go back into their kitchens. I know. Can you believe that? Thoroughly enjoyed the play and well done to the writer Amanda Whittington and director, of course, James Grieve for bringing this true story to light with such an interesting and brilliantly performed and produced play. And also a special well done to the cast who managed to play football on a revolving stage, a feat in itself. I've also been chatting to Laura Locke, the founder of Whamfest. That's coming to Felixstowe from the 13th of October. Here's Laura now to tell us more. Laura Locke's with me now and we're going to talk Whamfest 2023. Very excited to hear about this. It's all happening because of you. It's a big event. Tell us more. <laughs> yes, one of my silly ideas. But yeah, it was. it's actually the third year. It's nearly the fourth year. Um, we started it uh, during just before Covid hit. I used to run women's events in, um, in Felixstowe and uh, then Covid stopped that. So just it's sort of in the middle of Covid had this silly idea let's do an international women's day event which didn't happen because we had to be shut down because of covid so then we moved it to the september and then since then we've now done one in in international women's day in march last year we did one this year we've done one in september so we're on a roll really steph you are aren't you and obviously you know third time is going to be the best best ever wham stands for women in arts and music 
tell us what sort of thing is coming up. Well, we, it's quite an eclectic mix now. So we do, we have literature, we have a, a range of authors that are going to be at Harvest House. Um, one is being um, chaired, a session chaired by Ruth Dugdall, and she's um, chairing a session with some new authors and some, uh, you know, well-established. We've got a, a young, um, a sort of young uh, author session, uh, which is um, Sophie Green and Anne Hayton. And then we've got another one in the afternoon with um, Kate. Oh, oh gosh, the, game, the name's gone. It'll come back to me. I've got so many people that I'm dealing <laughs> with. But we've got, yeah, Polly Crosby and Kate Worsley with Amanda Hodgkinson. And there's, so there's three sessions at Harvest House. Brilliant. Um, and then in amongst all that, we've got music and Flamenco. Of course. <laughs> of course. Why wouldn't what you have what else would you have? We've got a music workshop <laughs> that at like Harvest have a House. Go, flamenco. Yeah, oh yes, definitely. Oh, wow. Yes. Because my friend Gloria, the who um, she teaches Spanish, she's fabulous. She teaches a, a version of flamenco called Sevianas, which is um, yeah, even I can fiddle around with that it's not uh, it's not strictly it's just for fun swirly skirts provided oh gosh yes she's going to give us flowers and skirts and all sorts of things she's fabulous so on the friday night we're doing a launch at uh, in the middle of town at ink um on the friday the 13th um where we've got six female art, um, artists singers there um, and then on the Saturday, we've got also got an art bazaar, um, and um, which is basically about 20 artists showing their wares at Harvest House. Um, in the conservatory, this sounds a bit like a murder plot, doesn't it? In the conservatory. With, <laughs> with the lead pipe. Yeah, we've got the authors are going to be doing their sessions with, with, with food because we're having cake and conversation and tea and talk and um, and lunch and listen. So we're putting, giving food to, uh, for all those. And then, um, so for the rest of the day, we've got we've got two choirs, Felix O'Harmonies and Stella Acapella. So it's, you know, it's quite eclectic. And then in the evening, we've got uh, a session at the Grosvenor Pub with uh, another five singers, all female. And it's not anti-men, it's just showing that women have an immense creativity, but they don't always get the headlines Mm. slots. You only need to look at things like Glastonbury, you know, oh, Billie Eilish has got the headline. You know, it's it's a lot of older men, (laughs) older stars that get... So I just decided that it's about time we had a platform for women to show off a bit about what we do i think that's a fantastic idea i really love it i mean awful lot of organization as well when do you start organizing something like this you must have you know, been months in the planning well we finished ours in march the event in march international women's day we did it at beach street um down on the seafront and then we started already straight yeah. away it's getting the funding we've got funding from the town council and the port community funds so that gives us a platform so we know that we're not going to go broke because it's all not for profit none of us get paid except i always pay the artists i always make sure that the authors and the singers get paid because the last thing you want is to exploit women (laughs) Um, you know you'll do it won't you for exposure because that's what you know artists are always asked you know can you do it for charity just for your exposure and you think well as you know my son josh he's always being asked to do things for charity i think i might have been one of those people that's (laughs) well do and exploit him it's absolutely (laughs) fine and you know you but you can't promote you can't support every charity can you you don't and so i've always said that i would make sure that um, they've all get something it's not a fortune um but the team 
team gets nothing. So lovely team of women that are so supportive. And um, yeah. So we need people down there, basically. Yeah. So just t- tell us the dates again right. and how they can get hold of these lovely tickets. Well, it's Friday the 13th of October, and that's at Inc. Um, that's nearly full. That's our VIP night, which I think you might have had an invitation to. And if you haven't, you're very welcome to, Steph. Um, but then um, the rest is all on Ticket Source. So it's um, www.ticketsource.co.uk and then forward slash Felix Though Festival events. But if you just search for WAMFest, and we've got a website which is WAMFestFelixDough.art as well. So yeah, I mean it's so it's so eclectic. It's difficult to encapsulate, you know, in a few minutes what it is. But it is not just for women. We'd love families. We love men to come to. We want to work in partnership with men. It's not a kind of, you know, we are, you know, sort of feminist aggressive. We're just having fun. It's yeah. it's fun. And as you say, just highlighting these fantastic creative women. Well, there are so many of them, aren't they? We've got, actually, on Thursday night at the Illuminate studio in Brightwell, she has, I think, I don't know how many artists, she's got all female artists um, starting an exhibition for a month, mm-hmm. and that's the open. The opening night is it's Thursday the 5th. Then we've got a week at the 142 Hamilton Row with another four or five artists, female artists. Then we've got the Arts Bazaar. There we go. I mean, it's become so enormous. That it's like it, a month worth of programme almost, it is, isn't it? it is. it's, all, it's all tucked into, well, so, yeah, we'd love to see lots of people there and just, you know... On the Saturday, we've got the Sam Boomba band arriving in Felixstowe in a, with all their their glory. Um, they'll be starting us off at 10 o'clock on the Saturday in the middle of Hamilton Road. So, yeah, you'll know we're there if you're out shopping. <laughs> and then we've got we've got um, a, a singer, um, acoustic singer Ellie Tree. We've got the ukulele ladies who um, set themselves up for Wanfest because they were they they were part of a, a bigger band and they said, oh, we'd like to have one just for women so they always come back and um, and we've got an art workshop with Catalina Carvajal who is also starting a new mural mural <laughs> that was Coronation Street mural mural yeah. I would say mural <laughs> mural um, she's starting a new mural on Wednesday in the, in the middle of town near Solar oh, wow. opposite in, on, near the, the roundabout and that's all going to be celebrating women um from Suffolk and history, suffragettes, etc. So, yeah, so there'll be loads going on in the next couple of weeks. Oh, I'm so glad, Laura, that you told us all about it. It sounds fantastic. And uh, just remind us of that website again. Yes. So you can get well, hold of it. Go to WAMFest, www.wamfest, that's W A M F E S T, um, Felixstow.art. <laughs> and that would be the best way. And you'll find it on if you go to Google, hopefully. Now, I did promise you Kate Garner. She's the daughter of the late Chas Hodges and she's coming to the Chroma Pier later this month on October the 22nd. Here's Kate to tell us a bit more. The music that I play, what's really important to me and what I love about it is it's very much about sharing because a lot of the old songs that I like to keep alive are songs that are played and sang around the piano. So it's all it's not just about the song itself. It's very much about a community spirit and um, lifting people's spirits. Music is good for that. Oh, definitely. Well done as well for carrying on those songs because I feel a bit old-fashioned. You know, I uh, had a mother and father that played the piano 
I'm terrible. I can't play anything, but I do sing. And I've married a man who can play lots of instruments, including a piano. And we have one in our house. But it's quite an unusual thing nowadays. You know, I think people... That that lovely childhood of growing up and standing around the piano and aunties and uncles all singing along together, I almost feel that that's you know dead and gone. So so well done for you for sort of reaching out to a, a wider audience through your music yeah. and through the internet for doing that. Interestingly enough, Chaz and Dave, my dad and Dave, they loved the singing postman, and he obviously was very much from yes. Norfolk. Do you remember the singing? Postman? Oh yes, Molly Wimley and all that. <laughs> But do you know what? It, I think what they loved about him is what we all love about music in our family. It's very much about his songs were just written from the heart about life, just picking up a guitar and playing it and not thinking about it, just very natural and very organic. And I think that was one of the things they liked about him, not just because he was a character, but although he had a novelty, um, it was quite novelty, his image, his, his, his lyrics are really clever you know, um, and he was a smart musician, but it was just all from the heart. And that's very much what this kind of music is, that the old songs that everyone joining in, we never really thought twice about it. It was just, oh, there's a piano. Let's jump on it. Let's have a song. Come on. And everyone be singing along. And like you say, all the aunts and uncles, they'd have their party piece, Uncle Alf on his banjo and, you know, and there's nothing like that. And I think it's really important. I love keeping it alive, but I also love, my kind of mantra is keeping the old songs alive, but writing new ones inspired by them. So that's yeah. my kind of what I do. And, and that feels good. And it's storytelling, isn't it? You know, this is what we need to hand down the generations. It's just a different version of storytelling, which is really uplifting. I mean, music can't help but lift your spirits. And I'm going to come on to talk about your, your father and, of course, Dave uh, and their music. Um, but before we do that, um, tell me your favourite part of Norfolk and your favourite part of Suffolk. Well, my favourite part of Norfolk is Cromer because I spent a lot of time there with my now husband. When we were first going out, we used to spend a lot of holidays there. Uh, and my dad, Chas and Dave, played at the Chroma Pier Pavilion where I'll be playing, and they played there many times. So I've got good memories of going to see shows there. It's just such a lovely, good old-fashioned theatre with a great seaside spirit. And Suffolk, again, is an important place because I've got family... Um, from my mum's side that come from there. And mm -hmm. um, so my great grandmother was born in Ipswich. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And she used to run a pub. Many of the songs that my dad knew, he learned from my nana. And so they got passed down. So he would teach them to me. And so it goes on. So, yeah, very much um, an important part of my dad's life and mine too. I was very lucky to remember her. Yeah, very much so. It must have been a huge shock when he died for you and your family. He was already battling cancer, but he kind of had that under control. And then it was the pneumonia in the end, wasn't it? It just must have been a real wrench for all of you. It was because my dad was such a big part of my life and, and part of all our lives. Um, and nothing prepares you for that. But you suddenly, after a while, after the initial shock, it does dawn on you that you have an important role to play in remembering him. And the best thing I can do in remembering him and keeping his memory alive, just like the old songs, is by celebrating him through music, which is what I do 
And it's a great comfort to, to be able to put on a record and hear him singing. It's wonderful. Um, and so I feel blessed for that, that I have so much music that everyone can share in, part of his legacy. Yeah. I can share in too and play along with it and remember him and celebrate him in that way every day. And then growing up, it must have almost been like having two dads, really, because him and Dave were obviously so close and they were on tour all the time and, you know, they were on the television. Um, how is your relationship now with Dave? Oh, it's it's wonderful. He's very special to me and he really, we all look out for him, but he looks out for us and I still play music with him, which is great. Yeah, growing up, you're right, he was. It was like having two dads, also two mums, because his lovely wife, Sue, was my mum's best friend. So they spent a lot of time together and we would go away. And when they were touring, we'd all keep together. So we were like one big family and, and it's it's a special thing. But yeah, it's good to be able to still, I love playing music with Dave, but I also, if everyone's stuck on a song, Google's no good. I have to pick up the phone and ask Dave because I know he'll know it. And he knows yeah. so many songs and he's like, he will know. And he was so in step with my dad as well. So they just... They knew all the same things, which is why they played together so well. So, yeah, he's he's very special. So tell me about your show, Kate. It's coming to Cromer on the 22nd of October to the Cromer Pier, which is going to be fantastic. It's called London Girl. Tell me what the audience can expect. Well, they must expect to join in because I want plenty of song. So if don't be shy. That's what I will say because I'm going to be playing a lot of those old songs and sharing my memories of them and how I was brought up in a musical family, but also sharing them songs and encouraging everyone to sing along. So it's going to have a real good old-fashioned spirit. So there'll be a lot of songs to share. There'll be songs that I've written inspired by all those old songs. I'm going to share them with the audience too. There'll be specially recorded videos that I've done, which I'll be showing on the projector behind. And I've made a really special video with Dave that I'm going to be broadcasting on the night, especially for Chrome Malays. It's it's something I'm really looking forward to. Wonderful. Yeah. Kate, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And hopefully we'll catch up with you in October at Chroma Pier and look forward to that. That would be lovely. Lovely to chat. Take care, Steph. Now, next month, the Mask Players will be performing the play Calendar Girls and they'll be fundraising for a very special local Ipswich charity. I caught up with one of the cast, Mel King, earlier today. Mel King joins me now. She's from the Mask Players in Kesgrave and Mel is going to be in Calendar Girls. It's uh, Mask Players, as I say, at Kesgrave coming up in November and I'm delighted that Mel's joining me now. Thank you for this, Mel, for the Ruby Shoes podcast. Tell me, first of all, a little bit about you. Mask Players, I think, are just about to celebrate their 80th year as an amateur dramatic group, which is an achievement in itself. How long have you been with them? Well, believe it or not, this is my very first year with the Mask Players. And to be perfectly honest, Steph, I'm, I'm absolutely honoured um, to be joining them for the first time. I do have a background in doing amateur dramatics. Um, you know, we, say Tell again. me some of the things you've done. Um, I was a member of a group called the Craven Players. This was a group in a small village in Crackington Haven in Cornwall. And I did a few performances with them. Um, very much enjoyed playing the Wicked Witch in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, great um, uh, character, that one. Oh, wonderful fun. Just wonderful. And thank goodness I didn't have to sing. Um, 
Yeah, so I do I do have a background. I worked a little bit with the Woolsey Youth Theatre, um, obviously many, many, many years ago now. Um, so I suppose theatre is in my blood. And um, yes, I, I received a little message from one of the members of the Mask Players saying, look, I don't suppose you'd be interested. And it just happened to coincide with obviously being free, being able to commit to it. And frankly, who wouldn't want to be in the calendar, oh, girls? just such an amazing show. And I want to ask you about it in a second. But first of all, what brought you from gorgeous Cornwall to gorgeous Suffolk? Both lovely parts, but almost opposite ends, really, if you go, if you go diagonally across of the country. Yes, totally opposite. And Cornwall is just... Oh, what a fantastic place to live. Um, I, I lived there for about five years. I am a Suffolk girl um, at heart. I lived, we lived here with my husband um, and he got a job um, working down. Yeah, so we got to live in Cornwall for five years and it was just, yeah, absolutely wonderful. Uh, amazing place. Um, lots of rain. <laughs> There's a reason it's so green, um, but it was absolutely stunning. But then, um, you know, things change, life changes, um, brought us back to Suffolk. Well, so, and here very I am. Very pleased you're here. And I'm sure the Masked Players are very pleased to have you as well. So, Calendar Girls, I mean, it's an amazing story. Um, if, if people don't know uh, the, the story or they've seen the film, tell us a little bit about the story, because you're also doing this as a fundraiser, aren't you, for the Blossom Appeal, I think? Yes, that's right. So the Blossom Appeal at the Ipswich Hospital, which is um, a brand new breast care centre that only opened at the beginning of the year, obviously supporting uh, people going through treatment for breast cancer. So, you know, I think the connection between uh, the breast cancer, the breasts, calendar girls, you know, it's it's all very much connected because obviously, you know, the story being based on uh, obviously a true story based on 11 WI members um, who posed nude for a calendar to to raise money. And this was for leukaemia research. Um, one of the members tragically lost their husband to leukaemia. Um, yeah, so they decided to raise some money. Originally, it was only for a city. Um, and to this date, they've raised millions. I know, that's just incredible, isn't it? And the story just goes on. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those um, productions that you can watch again and again, and you'll still laugh and cry along just as much as you did the first time, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've seen the film so many times myself because it's it's such a wonderful film. Uh, the, this play, obviously, this is the play and not the musical. Um, and this this play, although it's based on the original story, it does stay very true um, to the film as well. So, it, you know, it's a story you'll recognise if you've seen the film. Um, and it is. It's just this wonderful mix of, you know, it's it's got the poignancy uh, with with the story about the cancer. You, it's got this lovely relationship of these six ladies who all join the WI for all their different reasons. Um, you've got two best friends, Annie and Chris, um, you know, who aren't without their own issues and they do clash a little bit. Um, and it is, it's just, it's funny and you will laugh and you will cry. You certainly will. And what character do you play, Mel? Tell me about that. Um, I play Chris. Um, Chris is the character who thinks up the concept for the calendar. Um, she's very um, forthright, uh, bubbly, loud, um, almost in a fairly stark contrast to her best friend, Annie. Um, and Annie is the lady who loses her husband, John, to cancer. 
So between the two of them, Chris comes up with the concept for the calendar. They do a lot of plotting and a lot of planning, uh, uh, a little bit of debauchery thrown in there. And then together with these uh, six ladies in, in the play, they um, they produce this calendar. Now, talking of debauchery, obviously, no, at some point you have to get your kit off, don't you? So how are you feeling about that? Is this something you've ever done before on stage? Uh, no, I have never done that, this before on stage. It's, it's a little bit nerve wracking, but it's done so cleverly. Um, well-placed props, I think they call it. Well-placed props, well-placed timing. I mean, let's hope there's no slip-ups. You never know, but I mean, you won't know until you come and see it. So <laughs> it could be fun. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, Mel. And and I take my hat off to you because it is a, a brilliant, brilliant play to perform, but you've actually got to be really, really brave. I mean, any performance, you've got to be really brave, but to at some point do it... Um, naked in front of the audience just part from a few props is is terrifying as far as i'm concerned so i am very um impressed with you and indeed the rest of the cast as well how many members of of uh, the mask players are going to be in this performance do you know there's not a great deal of us you've got the six main ladies um we've got some obviously very important men backing us up there's there's probably about oh 12 of us all together so it's not the biggest um but it's just wonderful, just a wonderful production. Now, this is at the Kesgrave Community uh, Centre, isn't it, in November? Have you got the, the dates for me there and how people can get hold of tickets? <laughs> yes, of course. The dates, um, you're looking at the 8th to the 11th of November, and I think that's a um, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and a Saturday. Um, they're all evening performances starting at half past seven. Um, you can reserve tickets by calling a telephone number, which is 01473. 725-633. Uh, we do have a link to be able to buy tickets online as well, um, which you'll be able to find on our Facebook page, which is the Mask Players Kesgrave. So please do click on, you know, have a, have a look on our Facebook page and you'll also get some little background information about the production on there as well. Wonderful. Mel King, it's been a pleasure to talk to you for the Ruby Shoes podcast and good luck with it all. Or I shouldn't say that really. Break a leg to you and all the rest of the Mask Players at Kesgrave. That's wonderful. Thank you so much, Steph. And don't forget, if you're part of a theatre or a group and you'd like to be featured on Ruby Shoes Podcast, just get in touch with us via our socials, Ruby Shoes Podcast, nice and easy. Tell us a bit about you and you could be our featured guest on a future episode. Coming up this month, you might also like to check out at the Woolsey Theatre, Abigail's Party from Tuesday the 3rd of October through to Saturday the 7th of October. Now, if you don't know the story, in her suburban living room, Beverly prepares for the arrival of her guests. She and her husband, Lawrence, will play host to neighbours Angela, Tony and Sue. As the alcohol flows and the nibbles are handed around, Mike Lee's ruthlessly, achingly funny examination of 1970s British life begins. I'll have a review of this particular performance in next week's Ruby Shoes podcast. Plus, tonight is the opening night of the Rocky Horror Show at the Ipswich Regent. I'll be pulling out the blood red tea and some sparkles for tonight's performance. Now, that's running until Saturday, the 7th of October. 
Now, finally, at Norwich's Theatre Royal is the new stage phenomenon that has taken the West End by storm. Winner of Best New Play, this edge of your seat supernatural thriller, 222, A Ghost Story, stars Joe Absalom. That's uh, He's been in The Confession and Doc Martin. Charlene Boyd, she was in Mayflies and River City. Nathaniel Curtis, you might have seen him in It's a Sin or The Witcher. And Louise Lighton from EastEnders, of course, and The Bill. Now, it's written by Danny Robbins. Now, he's creator of the hit BBC podcast Uncanny, which I absolutely love, and also the Battersea Poltergeist, which I've listened to as well. Now, the story of 2.22, a ghost story, is Jenny believes her new home is haunted, but her husband Sam isn't having any of it. They argue with one of their first dinner guests, an old friend, Lauren, and her new partner, Ben. Can the dead really walk again? Belief and scepticism clash, but something feels strange and frightening. And that something is getting closer. So they're going to stay up until 2.22 and then they'll all know. (laughs) Scary stuff. That's coming up from the 10th through to the 14th of October. Watch it if you dare. That's all for now. I'm Steph McIntyre. Thanks for listening to this episode of Ruby Shoes Podcast. Hope you can join us next week and do check out our socials at Ruby Shoes Podcast. Have a good week.